You die once, and suddenly you're not invisible. Explore the story of Heed, who was a corpse for a while, but is back to life and trying to learn about just what had happened, only to discover the story is far stranger than that. Inspired by manga, Alter X Artifact is a new LGBTQ webcomic for mature readers revolving around magic and political espionage. This comic features fantastic elements, gripping storytelling, and impressive visuals that pull you into the strange but fascinating world of the comic. Alter X Artifact explores themes of magic, dreams, and relationships, all while deftly weaving a compelling mystery with eye-catching visuals. You're still in time to enjoy the exciting prologue as well, but you gotta hurry over on to the website. So, if you're looking for your next weekly webcomic read, you need to go to alterxartifact.com. That is alterxartifact.com. Now back to the show. Every few years, I have to rewatch Fight Club. Hello, and welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you today? Mm, like 80% water, you know, 20% trace elements. Mostly meat. No, mostly water. Partly stars, mostly meat. So, no, all stars. Yeah. You know, except for maybe all the hydrogen. The hydrogen didn't go through a star, probably. You got so many stars, you're a telethon. Ooh. Oh, lady. And we also have Mr. David Davis. David, how are you? I have a cut on my tongue, and I do not know why. I have a minor cut on my tongue because I licked a fucking knife like an idiot. I have like a bump on the side of my tongue because I bit my tongue in my sleep. And mm-hmm. it woke me up. Nice. Jesus Christ. I'm, yeah, I just wake up, my tongue's in pain. I'm like, ah, fucking hell, what was I doing? Like, chewing things in my sleep and just got my tongue. Jesus, you need to go to sleep. And it wasn't, it was, Mike. Could, I could tell by how much it hurt. It wasn't just like, you know, when you're chewing and you accidentally get your tongue, like, like, ah. Wow. You know, but no, it was like, I full on bit the shit out of that. The, the funny Mike. thing is, you were probably having a nightmare about severing your own tongue. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, that would be. You need horrifying. to sleep with a wallet in your mouth. <laughs> no, I need. I need that. Uh, that hostage tape shit. Have you ever seen that? Yep. The the Facebook ads for it. Yep. Have you, David. I have not. I'm not on Facebook. I'm anymore. not. I'm not it's... getting Facebook ads for it. But I know about I it. What the fuck are you? Doing? I don't know. I, get, I'm, I see it on Facebook. I saw one like thir- three minutes ago. Or last T- time take many Facebook. hostages, Mike. What's it's, going it's on? basically just you tape your <laughs> mouth shut in your sleep. And I have to wonder, would that help with my snoring? I don't know. I have or a would feeling it just your be head like, would explode. Yeah, it would be like, would the pressure just build up and just like the either the tape goes shooting across the room or just blow like this black bubble, because the tape is black, just blow this black bubble balloon. It pops. And, it and sounds then, like a hurricane. No, it hits like, you know, maximum thing. And then like all the air goes shooting back in me. My head blows up like a balloon, like some kind of cartoon. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So other than that, how are you, David? Not not too bad, you know, just uh, surviving. This is the last day of classes for my students. I get ah. to spend the weekend grading their papers and 
you know, done with them for a couple weeks. Well, it's funny because it is also Towel Day. It is May 25th, Mm -hmm. and uh, it is Towel Day, and it's Thursday, and I never could get the hang of Thursdays. Don't forget to bring a towel. (laughs) Towel, you're the worst character ever. (laughs) Mine was Tuesdays. I hated Tuesdays. Garfield hated Mondays. But Tuesdays were just like the worst day. I don't know. Like every other day has something significant about it. But I get Tuesdays. Thursdays. It's, it's Friday. Like, I'm in love. Yeah, I love that song. So <laughs> Thursday is Friday Eve. So it's you know you're you're anticipating Friday. I, I'm not. I work on Saturdays. Well, I mean, at, anyway, in a normal schedule. Hey, remember when this was about the paranormal? Never. Yeah. Nope. So welcome everyone to season three of Supernatural Selection. The reason it is season three is because it is our second anniversary last week. So every year we start a new season. Uh, the only difference is I say it's a new season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll never mention it again until next year. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, first off, thank you to our listeners, all of you. It, we're completely floored by not only the number of you but the the stick-to-itiveness you've shown with uh with with listening to the show we're, yeah like like all seven of you thank you very yeah. much that's a lot of seven of them <laughs> well, well, well you, you know what i also want to say our listeners fuck you, you oh, just yeah, know man. it you look at them and like yeah they fuck oh, i haven't fucks. seen them so i can't say i can't make that judgment call oh you're, you're not on the right zoom calls then yep uh, <laughs> yep, sorry, man. So, thank you again. We we really appreciate all you sticking with us for the last few years. Or if you're new, I hope you enjoy the back catalog. Uh, now that being said, we also have our other show, Distraction Hole, just debuted this week on the feed. We'll have another one up uh, beginning of next week, and uh, you know that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick reminder: you can also advertise with us. You can hit us up at Supernatural. Uh, supernatpod.rock slash contact e. so yeah if you would like to advertise with us we have a uh, we have a sponsor right now and uh, we also have room for a mid show role so please consider uh, contacting us it's affordable rates of like two dollars we sort of lean toward indie creators mm-hmm. not that there will you know, not that we'll turn down like a Hello Fresh ad. Or yeah, anything, no, no. Look, you know. like if Coca Cola comes up to me and says, "Hey, will you advertise our show?" I have a moral obligation to because I drink Coca Cola. So look, I will, I will gladly welcome everyone to Coca Cola's Supernatural Selection. All right. <laughs> what would our What would our flavor be if they did a special flavor of the show? Uh oh, God. Uh, spook tat Mm, can't talk. Spooktastic citrus. Carbonated oh. ecto cooler. Ooh. Yeah. Green. Uh, also <laughs> on the docket, happy belated birthday to our own Ghost Forge. Fourth king member of, of the show. <laughs> king of our listeners and, and probably our biggest cheerleader. So thank you, Ghost Forge. Happy belated birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're so glad to have you in the community and as a listener. Yeah. Nice pom poms. Yes, definitely. <laughs> That's dirty, Mike. You guys in trouble. That's dirty. Hey, it's just pom poms. I have pom poms. Knock it off, Weinstein. Oh boy. Uh, so also uh, another quick thing. Previous guest on the show, Robert Livingston. Kaiju Days Kickstarter has launched. 
You can find it. Uh, I've got a link to it in the show note document. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a lot. Head over URL. that. Yeah, no. It's, it, if you look up Kaiju Days on a Kickstarter and it's Days with a Z, mm-hmm. you can probably find it. So, uh, also one last thing before we get going to uh, this week. Uh, it's kind of ironic since the subject of the show this week, but uh, Tanya Derenberger Bowman, the uh, the daughter of Woody Derenberger, the the man, the main contact of Injured Cold, passed away on May twentieth, mm-hmm. and uh, this episode seems timely and appropriate. Uh, you can find a link to the funeral expenses GoFundMe if you look up Tanya Bowman. But they have actually well surpassed the uh, requested amount they had, so that's awesome. That, that's good. I, I appreciate that. Like the community is rallying behind because uh, apparently there wasn't really any like plans for. Well, when your plan is for fucking injured Colts kids, Connor and Connor to come mm-hmm. down and take you, yeah, to uh, space, to, to to space Nebraska. <laughs> Took her to a farm in upstate New York. Anyway, I, I was gonna say a, a, a GoFundMe like that. That's probably the only option I'm ever how I'm gonna get buried unless this show really takes off. Yeah, you start making that. You know, uh, yeah, last I, podcast money. Not very yeah. familiar with the GoFundMe right now. So, oh yeah, yeah. yep, yeah. David, do you want do you want to uh, put a plug for that or um, you can find that we've we've shared that on our uh, Discord. Yeah. Our Discord uh, and our Mastodon. Not not going to get so, into it too much, but yeah, yeah. I have my uh, my grandmother. She's you know reaching the end. She's yeah. So we're we're putting together a GoFundMe for funeral costs. It's, it's going well, but like if if you're Good. interested, just hop into the Discord. You'll see a link for it and everything like yep. that. Otherwise, yep. Or check out our Mastodon, uh, which is uh, Supernat po- at Supernat at Club. and yep. I put a I re. Yeah, mastoed your thing, whatever. Rebated, boosted, re- boosted, boost. Yep. Well, yep. at least it's not. Uh, oh, what's the terrible one now? The the new uh, the sky. Oh, the blue, blue sky. Oh, blue. Is no, that what they're calling no, it? It's, Bluey uh, sky. Uh, no, it's something. Uh, skeet. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, I'd rather say short. I re-sharted your boats. <laughs> you, 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 you can skeet it out there. Oh, God. Jesus yeah, Christ. They, either they really knew what they were doing or they didn't know what they were doing. Just... You know, that's by Jack. The, the former, yeah. yeah, Jack Dorsey. And mm-hmm. uh, I put in, like, a request to get in on the beta for that, and I like to think he looked at my Twitter and went, I don't need you. <laughs> uh, it seemed like they were prioritizing like influencers and the rich oh, and famous. Sure. You know, and then the I people saw some who have it hard it. enough and need access to things. Yeah, I yeah. saw it. And it's like it's basically like late stage capitalism, the social media site. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine without it. Yeah, I mean, it's just literally Twitter 1.5. Yep. So and yes, they. I looked it up to make sure it is in fact a skeet. Oh <clears throat> God, damn it! So, skeet, skeet, skeet. Guys, since it's season three, and last year we tried to do the Golden Enriques, and I wasn't really happy with how that turned out, but this year we're doing something special. We're going to go back to the Mothman. Now that Moth- we know sort of what we're doing. Yes, Mothman returns. Da, 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 da. 
Does it have a, a, a Danny DeVito? And he's offering you an egg in these <laughs> in this trying times. times. <laughs> Don't diddle kids. It's no good diddling kids. <laughs> Gotta pay the toll. <laughs> if you want to get in this boy's <laughs> hole. God damn it. <laughs> what, what's this show about again? I'm forgetting. Um, Mothman. <laughs> Mothman. In particular. So, yes. our sources this week are uh, The Mothman Prophecies by John Keel. There's a link in the uh, show notes uh, document. And the John Keel Wikipedia article, which, you know, kind of needed that, so. Mm. All right, so, Mothman, let's get this started. Mothman Returns begins. (laughs) I'm proud of that. So, uh, starting in November 1966, a strange entity would descend on the small town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It would spread fear, confusion, and chaos. Its reign of terror would end with the collapse of the Silver Bridge and the death of 46 residents in December 1967. That entity is John A. Keel. So we're saying that the Mothman is Keel's supervillain alter ego, then? <laughs> you know, no, you no. Could... He's, he's a were-mothman. <laughs> he's, he's a, he's a, he's a were-mothman. Okay. Watch your fabrics around him. Point. Point Pleasant, isn't isn't that where uh, that 70s show took place? No, that was in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, now, David, are you still going with your uh, pronunciation? Wow. Pronunciation. <laughs> pronunciation. See, I have this speech problem that only happens when I'm not on medication. So, mm. uh, Are you no. still going with the pronunciation of Mothman? Um, I don't know. I'll play it by ear. Whatever feels okay. right. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. Because I remember in the first episode, you were like really keen on making sure it was uh, Mothman. It's Oiving the Mothman. Man. Oh, sorry. Oiving Mothman. The Mothman, man. There you go. Fair. Can't own Mothman, man. Yeah, you can. Well, M- Mothman sounds like a surname. It does. M- Mothman sounds like a... Irving Mothman. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Irving yep. Mothman no, versus no, that's, the that's, Mothman. It's Irving Spiderman, so it'd be like uh Ar- Arnold Arnold Mothman. Yeah, Arnold. Yeah, he is an Arnold. <laughs> yeah. Now we all know the Mothman is an ass eating enthusiast, but uh what do you gentlemen know about Mr. John Keel? Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all, no judgment on the ass eating enthusiasm, but Please refresh my memory on the association between the Mothman and ass eating. It's just this bumper sticker, man. I talk about it later in the episode, but there is a bumper <laughs> sticker you can find all over the goddamn place. That's just—it's a silhouette of the Mothman. It says, "Mothman ate my entire ass at a Denny's." You say all over the place. Wouldn't it be absolutely wild if that is the best-selling bumper sticker in America? You know, it would not surprise me <laughs> so, considering the number of places it's for sale. It's, and, and there's like no errata about like where that came from. It just kind of like popped into the social set guys. The LGBTQ plus community adopted Mothman the way they adopted the Babadook. And now he is an ass eating aficionado. Mm. Yep. I like it. I'm behind it. All right. well, I, I bet you are. <laughs> the Mothman eats other people's ass, but who eats the Mothman? <laughs> we, need now, we need that in Latin. We need that in Latin. <laughs> oh god <laughs> don't you remember uh that great uh uh comic from dc uh mothman <laughs> and who eats the ass of the mothman it, hey, the, the mothman wasn't that like the uh the villains from uh uh oh 
shit. I can't remember the, the thing now. Abort, abort, abort the, joke, no, the, the, abort joke. The, the, the cartoon that was Venture Brothers, Johnny Quest. Venture Brothers, yes. Venture Brothers, yes. They use the I mighty monarch. Yes. Well, I always kind of felt like since Ben Edlund worked on that show, I kind of saw it as like a nod to the tick. Mm-hmm. Probably. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So John Keel was born March 25th, 1930 in Hornell, New York, and spent most of his life in New York State if not New York City. Mm-hmm. And he seems to have come out of the womb a born researcher and dropped out of school as soon as he learned everything that he wanted to know. Like how to score dope. Yeah, of course. <laughs> See, I didn't have the option of dropping out of uh, school. Yeah, no, you could do that back in the olden days. And oh, yeah, like ye olden days, like, you know, the 50s high school, or the 30s. Now, now, high school diploma is like a college diploma now. Now, see, yeah. if I was the doctor delivering, uh, the first thing I would have asked his mom is, like, how'd those books get in there? <laughs> he appears to have built a hutch inside you, ma'am. <laughs> so a lot of John's early writings had titles like, Are You a Repressed Sex Fiend? Yes. Which says to me that the man knew how to sell a damn magazine article. Well, well that, that begs a question, gentlemen. Are you? Probably. I, not rep- I wouldn't say I'm repressed. Oh, Galax. I'm nothing but repressed. Oh, you're a board-certified sex fiend. Yeah, Mike has a degree. I'm, I'm more of a, injury. I'm more of a on the down low. Are you? I mean, I don't like throw it out. Keep <laughs> it on like, the down like, low. Considerate about so it. low, I mean, it's non-existent. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, I guess in that. I mean, depends on if you're talking about my. I guess I am technically repressed. Yes. Oh, yes, you. I are. talked myself into it. Yep. Now, John is also famous for having written an early erotic Batman parody <laughs> called The Fickle Finger of Fate. Now, I already love this dude. So, wow, so just... how are we not covering The Fickle Finger of Fate on Supernatural Sources? Because, number one, it's from Saucerian Press, and number two, it's like 20-something bucks, and you can't get an e-book. <laughs> Damn. I mean, we, we think of as... We think of... Uh, slash and fanfic as a modern thing oh no. obviously it's not no it's just we just it's just more prolific and more available oh yeah the internet I, yeah. I feel like you can find it on an archive of our own sure well <laughs> uh somebody get on that and we'll read it on uh supernatural sources <laughs> now john also wrote books and articles about his time in the military uh during the korean korean war and he also wrote articles about weird supernatural stuff like the Indian rope trick. You guys are familiar with that, right? Mm, no. Well, the Indian rope trick where they like throw a rope up in the yeah. air and it stays rigid and they climb up the rope. Oh, yeah, it's, are, are it's, you talking about like the, if you see a really old racist cartoon and it's in India, you have the guy yes. in the turban who does that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, That's based that, on a real thing. Yeah. That comes from, it's also, there's, there are several of those kind of street, uh, miracle things. Mm-hmm. There's that, and there's also like the the hovering yogi. But it turns mm-hmm. out there's it's because they yeah. have like a metal like framework. Yeah, it's like some but, David Blaine shit. Yeah. No, uh, the the uh, Korean War thing. I want to say so. So he was in Mash. You know, kind of. Yeah. Mm. So, like most early paranormal researchers, though, what really got him. Uh, started was discovering the writings of Charles Fort. And we really need to do an entire episode about Charles Fort. Fort or Forte? It's Fort. Forte. It's Fort. There's an E on the end, so it says A. 
Sure. He's not Canadian. Wait, wait, eh? So (laughs) we really need to do an episode about him, though, because number one, he was the very first person to compile actual paranormal incidents in the late 18 and early 1900s. I mean, his first book about it was called The Book of the Damned. Hell yeah. And number two, the entire field is often referred to as Fortean. The entire genre we cover owes its existence to Charles is, Fort. Is that where the Fortean Times comes from? Yes, actually. Okay. Oh, yeah. I never knew that. It sounds to me like this fort had strong foundations. I want to hit you with a baseball bat. You could say that this is all is Kevin's forte. Yes. <laughs> Season three, baby. Yeah. All cylinders and it's all bullshit. So, <laughs> now, all gas, no brakes. <laughs> know why that just hit me right so john became one of the foremost researchers into strange phenomenon alongside j allen hynek jacques Vallée, and gray barker now now i'd almost argue that like keel is the most well-known um i know people have no real interest in these subjects but like john keel is recognizable to them i can mention john keel and like oh that guy mothman yeah, and I mean, you know, two characters in the movie The Mothman Prophecies were based on him, one of which was played by Richard Gere. So, oh, so you're you telling me he's hot in real life? No, oh. no, I, that oh. is so far from the truth. I saw a picture of him, I was like, <laughs> wow, I didn't know a, dro- a troll could grow a Van Dyke. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he's the only one I think I've heard of outside, but then again, the way I heard of him from outside me. of Kevin, no. Oh, from outside of you was a uh, fucking uh, Art Bell. Okay, mm. that's fair. That is completely fair because mm-hmm. you're going to hear about these people on Art Bell if you listen. So, yes. John was one of those on the ground researchers that would drive anywhere at a moment's notice to interview everyone involved in a UFO sighting or paranormal experience, and he would generally make a nuisance of himself until all the information he could find was exhausted. Oh, one of those guys. He was also one of those people that needed to see these things for himself. So he tended to stick around until he did. I mean, just ask Woody Derenberger and his daughter from our injured cold episode. I I just wish I could live that life just driving in a van to weird shit like a one-person Scooby uh, Scooby gang. Three-person, because that's our plan. Me and Mike have that plan. That's that's the American dream that... Uh, Ronald Reagan took from us. Yep. <laughs> Mostly, well, I don't know. He kind of helped it back because he shut down all the mental asylum. <laughs> exactly. So, if but, anything, but I'm saying that possible. to be able to afford to do that oh. kind of crap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. We, there was a time when a bunch of teenage dropout, uh, high school dropouts driving around in a van with a dog and a pothead was possible. Look, fucking my wallpaper. I have a rotator. And it literally, like, fought, like, 20 seconds ago, popped up a Scooby-Doo wallpaper, and I noticed it, and I was looking at it, and you bring up Scooby-Doo. <laughs> nice. Now, John also had an interesting approach to the paranormal. He saw everything Fortean as aspects of the same phenomenon. To paraphrase him, if you can find the circumference of a circle by starting at any point on the circle, you can find out about the paranormal phenomenon by starting at any other point. I've gone cross-eyed. 
basically, what I'm saying is that he believed all of this came from the super spec. I was going to say, Kevin, you really like apply, subscribe to his newsletter, didn't you? Kind of, yeah. Your super spectrum. Well, the super spectrum was his idea, well, but mm-hmm. I don't really agree with it. Compl- we'll, we'll get into that in another episode. We'll, we'll, we'll do like a full-on super spectrum well, episode. Kevin, spectrum has such supervision. Oh my fucking God, did you just do a mask <laughs> reference? <laughs> yeah, you know it, baby. Get out. <laughs> so, let's actually talk about the Mothman, which of course starts at the TNT plant. Wait, what? What? Like, like it, an explosives plant? Yes. You it sounds like full of, full of nitroglycerin. Yes. You know, the stuff that, you know, has, is biocompatible we're, and make we're people... Gonna, Mike, like, Mike, Mike, yeah. we get to that. Well, I, I'm throwing yeah. my shit out there. Okay, stuff yeah. It's, it's just, I, you already see where this goes. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> now this all, of course, starts with people trying to find some place to get it on. Like, fuck. Yes. Yeah. So it's November 15th, 1960. I keep forgetting you weren't there for the first one, were you, Mike? It was just me and David. Yep, yep. Probably not. Yeah. Nah, yeah. So it's November 15th, 1966, and two couples are driving around the site of the old TNT plant outside of Point Pleasant trying to find the bone zone. I wasn't invited to that episode. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you were on the second out. one. Yeah. But <laughs> Anyway, I think I said this in the first episode, but I don't like anyone enough to drive around in a car for a dual makeout session. I mean, I'm not trying to kink shame, but I'm just saying I don't think this kind of thing happens anymore. So, I mean, when you only have one person with a car and there's like four people that want to make out and they can't do it at home. I mean, look, I was... Kevin, when I was in high school, I'm just waiting I, for, I was conceived like this. I was, <laughs> I was in a, I, I was single, but I was in a room with like three other couples all making out. And I felt very out of place, Mike, but I didn't feel like, like just leaving because if I, I didn't want to be alone, but no. it, it's just dark. And they're making out. They're probably getting handies and all kinds of other shit. And I'm just like sitting there. I'm just sitting there grooving to the music and kind of, you know, shedding a silent tear. Mike, you remember that scene in fucking uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim where Knives shows up and you just see Scott shoot through the window, breaking glass, and his roommate says, he just left. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would have done in that situation. Just straight through the window from off camera. Nobody sees how it happened. So, so Kevin, to say it doesn't happen anymore. I mean, well, maybe in the super internet times where like people mm-hmm. make out over the internet. I don't know how this hell happens. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, but I, I know of circa 1992 shit like that still went down. I, you know, I was just going to say you go finger your lover in the parking lot of a grocery store at 2 a.m. like a normal person. That's what I'm just going to put out there. That's, that's, what that's fair. I mean, that's, that's what that's they're doing. Seventies. But just there's two lovers in the front seat and two in the back seat because I, they only had one car. High fiving each other the entire fucking time. It's like when you have when you're you know you have one friend whose parents are out of town. Well, everybody goes to that house to make out. I'm just going to say that nobody knows the romantic qualities of a Fox Photo kiosk anymore. Okay. 
So <laughs> the couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry, <laughs> and Steve and Mary Millette. So, so they went up, both went on to get married. Uh, they were already oh, married. Are, so, oh wait, so it's two couples. Oh, so these are married fucking. Okay, so I these thought are these grown were grown ass adults. I thought, well, even as adults, I can see that, but as married couples, you have a fucking bed. <laughs> yes, they should have, unless they're like room, unless they're like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Factory. <laughs> Grandpa, Joe. living with two great, four grandparents, all in the same single bedroom. They should have a fucking house to go to to make out. <laughs> you see why this is so weird to me now, right? Wait, so, yeah, so, no, okay. I, thought, I thought we were talking about early 20-somethings yeah. that maybe were... Didn't, I mean, they could have been they, in their 20s. It they could have been 66. Well, they, I was thinking like, you know, either teenagers or college students nope. that lived in, you know, non-co-ed dorms so nope. they couldn't do it Grown there. consenting adults grown, from houses. Grown adults that were married and presumably presumably had houses there was swinging going on in they, this. they couldn't even do it at their own house why wouldn't they yeah, do it mike, at their own mike, house mike you're getting bogged down in the detail i know but still <laughs> we've spent like eight minutes on this so far <laughs> no, but it's, it's we're 20 minutes in we haven't gotten to the fucking mothman yet <laughs> okay so, so sorry to detour that yeah. was a weird. I had to point out <laughs> yeah. the absurdity okay. of that. I'm glad you did because now you understand why I have a problem with this. Yeah. So they're driving around in the dark near the old dome storage buildings of the abandoned TNT plant. Now, the plant had been shut down after the end of World War II because apparently you just don't want that much TNT in peacetime in West Virginia. <laughs> no shit. So, yeah. so, so I want to get back to the fact that it's two couples here. Were they like each other's <laughs> moral support and cheer section? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Again, I keep getting that visual of just like the dudes high-fiving each other from, you know, from front seat and back seat. So like, I, that's yeah, the, I'm getting so, I'm getting pussy. So that's Woo! the only thing I can think of is maybe they were, they, you know, they did that kind of stuff as teenagers. So they're kind of like trying to relive that. Look, like, not, okay. hey, hey, Bob, <laughs> do you want to go down to the TNT factory with your wife and we can all With your like, good fuck. lady wife. With your good lady wife and we could all fuck. Look, uh, later at the end of this, I did not put this in the outline, but I'm going to tell you all the story of what may have actually happened, yeah. and we'll talk about that later. Okay. But So, as they're driving around <laughs> trying to find a place to have a dual fuck session, Linda saw something. She described it as a slender, white Shaft. man. <laughs> David Bowie. God. Damn it. It's the th it's the thin white duke. He was roughly 7 feet tall with huge white wings. She couldn't get a look at its face because she couldn't stop staring at its glowing red hypnotic eyes and it rose into the air silently without moving its wings. So what the fuck were the wings for? <laughs> yeah, if you could fly as functional as wings as you'd see on like drag race. <laughs> Look, the wings are there. Seen, I'm I'm convinced the wings are there because it knew it was going to fly, and it knew they were expecting to see something that no, could account for it flying. You know I, what? I take that back. They would like uh, the drag queens on dragways would create like functional wings. So I'm, no, I'm I'm say flying I've, rig. I've seen more functional wings at on cosplays at Dragon Con. That's true. <laughs> like 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 you know like 
electronically controlled wings that just like unfurl on their own. Right. Like, so, and, and I, so, so she saw this thing. So, so she, did she want to fuck it? I no, no, because the eyes scared the shit out of her or turned her on. So at this point, the group <laughs> couples, couple of couples, quadruple. What do you call this? I, I think you could just say a polycule, like the Scooby Gang. Were they a polycule? Uh, yeah, totally. In, in, okay. In his head cannon. Okay. No, no, they're, they're, they were a polycule. Hey, I can like, think of a lot of reasons for that. To I be mean, so, so 13 goes to Scooby-Doo, Shaggy, and um, Daphne, right? They no. God, I can only imagine Daphne. I, I have a feeling it was just for when she wanted dick. Because, <laughs> like, I don't think that was a relationship. I think that was a... Yes, I will take your well, there, rancid, pot-stained dick. There is different levels Maybe. within a polycule. So, okay, I'm just saying okay, that there okay. was... And even the dog was I, involved. I don't know. I got, oh, God, this <laughs> so is Shatner-level shit. Look, according to the 34 I've seen, you know, there's dogs always involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, Andy... Sorry, but, go ahead. I was going to say, so... Uh... What's that? Shit. Nothing? You were going to say nothing? <laughs> I got, you interrupted me. So you the Scooby-Doo threw me for a loop. And uh, We were talking about the wings and the eyes. Yeah. No, and the, um, the quadruple. The, yeah, I know. The polycule. I lost it. Just okay. continue. I'll so anyway, deal. everyone nearly shit their pants and lost their boners. So they gunned it back to town, but it wasn't over. The Mothman wanted in. To make it a pentagon. That's possible, but the creature did follow them. At first, it was flying alongside the car over the trees, but it started buzzing the fucking car like Maverick and Top Gun. Maverick! Can you eat my ass? Eat my ass! Imagine for a second, you're in a car looking for some place to get naked when some kind of hell spawn just chases you back to town. Now imagine your whole life has been normal, and then... This thing comes through like a brick through a plate glass window, and there just isn't enough glue to put your life back together. So, so they find like a, a hook hanging from one of the door handles. No, it, it was a, it was a projector and a fog machine. No, they had something else left, but we'll we'll get to that later. Now, suddenly, on the outskirts of Point Pleasant, the creature broke off its chase and flew back in the direction of the TNT plant. Like, this is the, simultaneously the most hilarious and terrifying thing that I've ever heard. Like, in a horror movie, someone gets their head cut off by Jason Voorhees. Here, you're buzzed by a human moth. It, just it reminds funny me of shit. Jeepers Creepers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Very big Jeepers Creepers vibe. Not only not just a human moth, but a, a, a cock-blocking human moth. Oh, there's a, so much cock-blocking and cuckoldry in this story, Mike. Just wait. <laughs> so, once in town, the only thing to do was to report the incident to the police, because people were <sighs> stupid back then. Yeah, I was gonna say, now, like... Mike, imagine this for a second. I've, I, I specifically have this set aside for you, alright? <laughs> okay. Imagine for a second, you're a hillbilly cop in West Virginia, and it's 1966. It is literally one week before Thanksgiving, and it's been a slow-ass night. Maybe you're watching Andy Griffith. Fuck, I don't know. And then these four sweaty people burst into the station screaming about flying demons chasing them away from a fuck session. How do you react? Uh. Y'all want to do it right here and I can watch? 
that, that that sounds gay. You're all under arrest. <laughs> y'all y'all Fuck. gay for me. Y'all, y'all, be, y'all been arrest. Y'all been smoking that devil's reefer. Possibly. <laughs> now the incident made it to the local paper after this, and from. <laughs> Because cops don't keep their fucking mouth shut, okay? And from there, it was picked up by the AP wire and ended up all over the country. Now so, they're just now they're just hanging their head in now shame. They're just shamed, and yes. and I, I'll go back to the point I forgot earlier, which is that they had to go out to the front of their house and turn the pineapple right side up. Because my point was going to be that they both probably had upside down pineapples. I understood that reference. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Okay. So reaction was pretty immediate with the locals. Mm -hmm. More people started reporting run-ins with the creature, which at that point was referred to as a bird man of some form. Now, we've seen this numerous times in other cryptid episodes, uh, specifically the Falk Monster and the Hopkinsville Goblins. Um, it's sad to me that we haven't had a good media circus since I'd, I'd say this, honestly. It's I, true. Like This I is the last really... media circus, I think, for uh, Man, supernatural well, stuff. Yeah. yeah. You don't well, get this anymore. Well, yeah, just because we, we've moved on to other media circuses no. with, like, peanuts and elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely you know. elephants. Certainly elephants. So... Now, John Keel, in the Mothman Prophecies, would say that there were hundreds of sightings of the Mothman pouring in. Now, I did some digging, which wasn't super deep, but I did some digging, and I couldn't find hundreds. Mm-hmm. In fact, I could find maybe ten substantiated claims, but, I again, I didn't get to dig as much as I'd like. I still think that hundreds might be some creative license on the part of John Keel. Well, well, Keel math makes heavy usage of multiplication. A sighting includes each eye. Ah. Oh, so that's ah. the doubling of sightings right Three there. Three if you count the brown eye. <laughs> oh. Someone's sunning four, their anus Kevin, to the moon. Four. Four yep. with the uh, third eye. Ooh. Oh, the chakras aligned. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they all, they de- de- you know, the Mothman, he always starts with Kundalini. <laughs> so, uh, wait, no, what is it? What is it called? Mar... I can't remember the name of the damn thing. Anyway, forget it. (laughs) One thing of note is that people that got a good look at the Mothman's eyes reported a strange medical condition developing. Conjunctivitis. Huh. To quote the Wikipedia article on conjunctivitis, for those that don't know, conjunctivitis, also known as pink eye... Pink eye! Is inflammation of the outermost layer of the white part of the eye and the inner surface of the eyelid makes the eye appear pink or reddish. Pain, burning, scratchiness, or itchiness may occur. The affected eye may have increased tears or be stuck shut in the morning. Swelling of the white part of the eye may also occur. Itching is more common in cases due to allergies. Conjunctivitis can appear affect one or both eyes now now if we recorded that well obviously we're recording it but if we sped it up like twice as fast it would sound like an infomercial it would sound like the end of a radio ad for a uh, car lot you should ask your doctor yeah. About. Oh, yeah, or, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah dealership mm-hmm. <laughs> so apparently this is also known to happen in some ufo cases and we'll talk a little bit more uh, a little bit more about that in the future, but well, uh, you, you, you know what causes pink eye, right? 
Dookie. Poo. Yep. Poo or, in your or, eye. Or sunburn. Yeah. Poo. Well, all, all this reminds me of the greatest video game of all time, uh, Earthbound. Yeah. Where the oh, UFO, yes. Yeah, where the UFO enemies can cause colds and teary eyes. Um, and this has been my required Earthbound reference for the episode. Well, that's okay. I actually want to bring up that it's funny you do bring that up because for some reason in the early to early 80s to uh, early 90s, maybe the mid 90s, uh, American UFO culture was really big in Japan. And mm-hmm. that's why you get stuff like Sableye and Pokemon. And like there are video games with a Flatwoods monster in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's for some reason, Japan just latched on to that whole thing. John P- John Keel became a bit of a celebrity over there. Yeah. You, now, you, you know where poo comes from, right? Your butt. Your ass. Yes. And Mothman eats ass. So oh, it makes sense. Are you saying he's doing like a poo beam? So, so, or, 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 you know, the people are getting conjunctivitis from the uh, reciprocation of the uh, analingus. What that, what that tells me is that Mothman doesn't like wash his mouth. Like he'll go down on you and then immediately kiss you. And that, that's oh, yeah. that's not like good. lick your that's eyes good. to mouth, uh, ass to eyes. <laughs> so. Jesus Christ! Sell <laughs> my eyes, Mothy. So another thing that happened that will take us away from ass-eating for a moment involves Batman. Wait. Now, Killer Moth didn't appear in the Adam West Batman series, but he was in the public consciousness at that point with recent appearances in the DC Comics. And some helpful wag at the papers thought that Mothman would move more papers than Bird Monster Thing Guy, and it's hard to argue with results. Well, well, Bird Monster Thing Guy is my favorite Rick and Morty character. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, 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 yeah, couldn't, couldn't just go with Birdman. No. Had oh, to be Mothman. Yeah, yeah Birdman was Which, already... There's nothing in this that says moth. So, yeah, I don't really know why moth, but, you know, here I mean, we are. Maybe, maybe, maybe he was a tick sidekick. Maybe. <laughs> now, at around the time that all this was going on, West Virginia was also going through a major UFO flap. Now, a flap is, of course, the term used when a large number of UFO sightings happen in an area during a specific period of time. Because we it's can't also, just call it a fucking outbreak. No, it has yep. to be a fucking flap. Or, or a, is, a, you know, run or a, you know, whatever else. They well, could call it a fucking invasion of UFOs, goddammit. The thing is, a flap is also the sound a UFO investigator makes <laughs> when running to the scene. <laughs> What, what about a UFO flapper? That would be hot. <laughs> now, with the UFOs and Mothman suddenly on the scene, you can bet your sweet bippy that John Keel was on the case. He, he was just like, he heard about this and he just... He looked, showed up with was, his pants those, down. There was a wily e. coyote, like, smoke, you know, cloud. Yep. Just like in his apartment off. in New York. And was like, what happened to the John? What happened to John? Right through the brick wall. Yep. <laughs> so it was like Roger Rabbit. <laughs> so, for the year the sightings took took place, John Keel considered Point Pleasant to be a second home. And Point Pleasant never recovered. You're not wrong. <laughs> Jesus. So, he do a large amount of his research with Miss Mary Heyer of the Athens, Ohio Messenger, which is a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to stop here for a second. We need to talk about the nature of John Keel's writing in the Mothman Prophecies. Oh, boy. All right. So, 
John's writing is, let's say, problematic in today's language. It's very uh, white male reality. The terms, uh, you're, you're going to have to pardon my French, everybody. You know I wouldn't say this if it weren't in the book. The terms Negro and Oriental are thrown around a few times. Oof. And John talks about women only and how attractive they are to him. To quote, she wasn't going to win any Raquel Welch lookalike contest, I can tell you. John Keel, the Zap Brannigan of Fortean Research. God damn it, he kind of is. <laughs> Shampagan. Shampagan. I love that show. There's her Futurama <laughs> reference, thank God. Now, I bring this up because most of the time, I've learned from reading these books, if someone says that they were parked in a car on a hill all night, quote, doing UFO research, it, research, it's usually meaning that they were banging. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you remember the fella and his cousin that were, quote, doing UFO research in the injured cold story? How could we forget? We oh, talked about fucking. that for 20 minutes. They be fucking. So, <laughs> but here's the thing. The forced nature of John Keel's hypersexuality and his being a lifelong bachelor and the time this book was written and when the incidents occurred, uh, it kind of reminds me of Ingo Swan, if you catch my meaning. Mm. And I'm just going to say that maybe... They actually were sitting on a hill at, in the night watching the lights over the Arby's. The Arby's seems like it would be a John Keel sort of restaurant. It really does. I like me some Arby's. Yeah, no, I love Arby's. Oh, but yeah. Point is, I think these women were safe with John Keel. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a lot of... Um, we, we've talked about like machismo before, but yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot it, of posturing. Again, he's doing research that is um, kind of like hip in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And he he had long hair and a Van Dyke during a time when uh, he, he was that kind was of the like cool thing to do, pulling like the it's Anton LaVey look sort of thing going on, and sort of is yeah. kind of a beatnik Anton LaVey thing, but also. He had shaved it all off, and he was like, yeah, if the crew cut ever becomes uh, uh, anti-establishment, I'll do that too. (laughs) So, again, at this point, the sightings of the Mothman sort of drop off. It's Hmm. like he can't even be bothered to stick around for his own story. And instead, the number of UFO sightings increased to the point of hilarity. Everyone and their mother, literally everyone and their mother, every time somebody reported something, and my mom saw something too, they're all reporting UFOs, and John Keel and Mary Heyer are right there to take notes. They're in the goddamn walls. It's a bug hunt, man, a bug hunt. Game over, man, game over. <laughs> Nuke it from orbit, it's the only way to be sure. <laughs> so, it's at this point, one of my absolute favorite incidents happens. Again, a young couple are making out in their car. What, what does every like UFO magazine at the time read like a penthouse letters page? Yes. Because <laughs> that's the impression that I'm getting. Like everybody who writes in is like, oh yeah, I was totally getting late at the time, but Yeah. So they're in the bone zone 
when a <laughs> UFO begins hovering outside the car and uh, it watches them. <laughs> it shines its beam in the window on both of them and it gets all over their privates and they both end up with sunburn and herpes. Because that's how viruses now, work. I'm going to give you guys a minute to go ahead and get talking about space VDs out of your system. Oh, oh yeah. So you got the cosmic clap, the hyperspace hepatitis, the solar syphilis, galactic gonorrhea. You've got a you got oh, a whole bunch of them. Just just space herpes. Yep, space from ice pirates. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's it exactly. God, I need to go back and I, watch that. I mean, in in light of that, I I'm kind of thinking they were fucking. Yeah, no, they were <laughs> fucking. I firmly believe these two because a woman horribly embarrassed to show up and be like, I got stuff on my junk. So, in that exact voice, which is going to give me nightmares. <laughs> Glad I got help. So, uh, this next portion kind of, this thing is swinging as much as my mood lately off the medication. And this section is called, I, I, he's trying to warn you of the bridge. Oh, God damn I swear the, the UFO gave us the herpes. It gave me the herpes. <laughs> not, not the prostitute I saw was having sex with three months ago. I promise he's seen no other women than me. Okay, so <laughs> at this point, our favorite weirdos show up, guys. <gasps> The Can men in black. Yes. The men in black show up and they start harassing people. We've seen UFOs and the Mothman. And John Keel starts getting bizarre telephone calls from strangers making weird noises. And he gets people interrupting his phone calls in progress, chanting, UFO, UFO, UFO. It, it's amazing to me how often MIB weirdness comes down to what are essentially dumb pranks teenagers do. I know, and that's why I love them so much. <laughs> I've ne- everyone's like, you're going to be scared of the men in black show up. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I can distract them with a dog toy. They're going to show me a coin trick, and they're going to th- think that's going to throw me <laughs> off the trail. <laughs> oh, can you imagine one doing the severed thumb trick? And be like, I can make this happen Look, to you. Look, the men in black sound like they're just, they, you know, to get away from you, just throw a handful of pocket change on the ground. and Pocket sand! <laughs> no, no change. Oh, change! Right. Just throw the change on the ground and run away, and they're just going to be counting it. Now, he, <laughs> his hand, this, you hold the Nerf ball in your hand, and you squeeze it, and they just lose their minds. Ooh, like, like dog toys. The yeah, ultimate. that's what I said. <laughs> you can distract him with a dog toy. Yeah, squeak, squeak. So. The strangest call John received came one night in November of 1967. John was back in New York, New York for a time for personal business when he received a call from someone claiming to be Indrid Cold. Yes, that Indrid Cold. What is this, a crossover episode? <laughs> <laughs> Look, here comes Boimler. So, <laughs> I'm really excited about that, by the way, but that's for another uh, show. That's for the other show, yes. Yeah. Mothman, end game. (laughs) We want you to join the Cryptid Initiative. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) So, Indrid Cold warns John that something big would be happening along the Ohio River soon, and that it would be a disaster of epic proportions. After Cold hung up, John started racking his brain. And the only thing he could think of that could be dangerous was the old TNT plant, 
with its still remaining chemicals leaking into the water table, which it still does to this day. Mike, I will give you time for rebuttal with that at the end. Because, <laughs> oh, oh, we all thought about it. But he, he's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, not wrong. What do you guys think he did with this information? This impending disaster near a town full of people he had come to know and call friends. Yep. Sat on his ass watching TV news. He had a call to greatness and simply let it go to his voicemail. God. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. December 15th. Again, this is where it swings to dark. Mm-hmm. December 15th, 1967. Ten days until Christmas. One month since the phone call from Injured Cold. One year and one month to the day of the sudden appearance of the Mothman. That's very arbitrary. The people of Point Pleasant were preparing for the holiday. The silver bridge spanning the Ohio River was loaded with people on their way home from work or shopping in the larger towns of Ohio, which that sounds sad as fuck. Cars were loaded with presents and families. At 5 p.m., people recorded hearing a loud noise like a gunshot. Within minutes, the silvered bridge had snapped its supports and sent debris, cars, trucks, holiday shopping, and far too many people plunging into the freezing waters of the Ohio River. It would not be a pleasant holiday. In all, 46 people died in the waters below the bridge. For weeks after, cranes would continue to bring up debris from the bridge. It would bring up the cars. They would bring up bodies. And right there in the middle of it all was Mary Heyer. Mary, who knew the people of Point Pleasant through her work with the newspaper, would stay there. She knew more than anyone about the town and its people, and she would stay there and count the bodies, help identify the dead, and help this small community find the closure it so desperately needed. Now, now, we've joked a lot about, like, the synchronicities and the high strangeness of Keel and the events surrounding all of this, but a death count of 46 people is a generational trauma. This, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, this town is a town. We're talking hundreds of people. Yeah. And they lose 46 in one go. Yeah. Mike? Yeah. Thoughts about that? I mean... Yeah, coincidences suck. Yeah, no, and no, it. The we'll, we'll get to it. I'll talk about it later. But Mary was in her small office on December twenty second, nineteen sixty seven, cataloging the missing and dead when two men walked in. She said she could couldn't be sure if they were twins or not, but they were extremely similar: dark, swarthy men in black suits and sunglasses, and they were short, like five foot. They proceeded to ask Mary about the recent UFO flap. All of this as the sound of screeching metal said they were pulling another car out of the Ohio River. <laughs> Mary handed them her giant file on UFOs she'd been collecting for the last year with John Keel. They glanced through it, and one of them asked, Has anyone told you not to publish these reports? Mary just shook her head. What would you do if someone ordered you to stop writing about flying saucers? At this point, Mary'd had enough. I'd tell him to go to hell. 
When she looked up, the two men had simply vanished. To hell. God damn it. <laughs> I just, I, it's so weird. Uh-huh. It's such a weird thing. Especially when this massive thing, there's been news outlets from all around in town because of this massive disaster. And these two chuckle fucks come right. in and are like, tell us about well, UFOs. One thing I want to point out is I appreciate our clandestine government agencies hiring short kings because we need work. <laughs> sure. Okay. Fair. So <laughs> later that day, Mary would have another visitor. She described him as five foot seven, slightly built, abnormally long fingers that tapered to points. Jet black eyes and hair that looked like it had been cut with a weed eater. It's fucking salad fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, you're right. (laughs) Fuck. Have you got any spoons? This dark suit that he was wearing seemed to fit poorly and had been put on wrong. So so when you put wrong in quotes there, I'm trying to figure out what this means. And I'm just thinking of that scene in The Simpsons where Hank Scorpio quickly puts his jacket on backwards. No, he's like... (laughs) got one arm through one sleeve and one leg through the other sleeve and well, see what i pictured was like you know how when you put on like say a suit and then you like spend a minute in the mirror like sort of adjusting and arranging and like doing the picard maneuver where you tug it down and everything mm. okay imagine this dude had never heard of that and just left may, may- with it being weird i'm, I'm just may- imagining that uh you know they say you can't dress a dead body well, and it's mm. like having seen people do that. Well, maybe you know, he was doing true. a Tommy boy. Oh, oh maybe he's Fat doing man a Tommy a little boy sow. Yeah, I'm just, but but you know, morticians don't count because they do that yeah. shit all the time. Sure, they're they're trained to de- dress a cadaver. You, you know who can dress a cadaver? Hmm. The guys from uh, Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you do it enough, you get sure at it. You get practice. So, the man, the man introduces himself as Jack Brown. Jack Brown may be my favorite paranormal person ever. And he told her he was a UFO researcher. She proceeded to have the most awkward conversation about UFOs with this man that she had ever had. Which is a pretty tall order given like the type of people who talk about ufos and like mike you were saying or the previous two yeah this one was even more awkward Mm -hmm. and she was pretty much done with weirdos asking about flying saucers while they pulled the bodies of her friends out of the river outside her window christ so then brown asks her a question what would you do if someone ordered ordered you to stop to stop printing UFO stories? <laughs> Is this fucking Woody Allen? What's going on here? <laughs> Just the way it sounds and everything. In mind, it's like a sped up version of like the dwarf from Twin Peaks. <laughs> Sometimes my arms bend back. <laughs> yes. So he asks her this and she says, are you with the other two guys? And he goes, no, no, I'm alone. I'm a friend of Gray, Gray Barker, which Gray Barker is actually the guy who wrote uh, The Flying Saucers and the Three Men, the book about Albert Bender's first encounter mm. with the men in black. Crossover episode, I'm telling you. No, this one has everything we've talked about with UFOs. 
And she hears that with a Gray Barker thing, and she's like, oh, do you know John Keel? And John then says, I, I used to think think the world of Keel. Then a few minutes ago, I bought a magazine. He has an article in it. He says he's seen UFOs himself. He's, he's a liar. <laughs> After this, he asked Mary, would you please drive me to where you and John saw all the UFOs? Yeah. And she says, no. Never go to a third location. <laughs> go find them yourself. Now this, this is when Mary in frustration, pulls out a ballpoint pen, you know, the clicky kind, (laughs) and just starts clicking it out of frustration. And Brown says, I mean, he completely loses his shit. What is that? I do not know what it is. What is that? What is in your hand? Man, AI really was primitive back then. It's not much better now. (laughs) Mary told him, it's a pen. You can have it. And Brown reacts like if somebody gave one of us a fucking lightsaber, a real-life lightsaber, and he ran out of the office building giggling. Like, I'm amazed that this is a story that actually exists. It's just such a bizarre little fucking detail that it just feels hard to make up and that most writers would be like, oh, no, no, this this is too dumb. No one would believe this. I feel stupid just reading it, okay? (laughs) Now, uh, late Mike, you got any thoughts on Brown so far? I mean, I, yeah, that's really... I can't think of a reason she would make this up, is my thing. But I I also, uh, they didn't know what autism was back then. It it sounds like a little kid in a suit. It really does. (laughs) So the thing is, later, Brown showed up at a fucking Christmas party uninvited <laughs> with a reel-to-reel tape recorder. Remember, 1967, something the size of a briefcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To interview people about UFOs and John Keel some more. So he's standing around for like half an hour unsuccessfully trying to get the tape loaded, the machine plugged in and turned on, and the microphone hooked up. Now, so I've seen this sort of thing before. I've been to Hollywood. I've seen men wandering around with like unplugged hair dryers, using them as laser guns on the street. So, like, I don't <laughs> now, find now you're this... in California. I want to, yeah. Wanna... yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that, that that makes sense. They're just you know having stories in the paper attracted all these quacks. Oh yeah. Now having. Failed to even remotely get the tape recorder to work or be loaded. He just picks up the unplugged microphone and walks around the party pretending to interview people. <clears throat> and asking shit like, do you know John Keel? John Keel is a goddamn liar. Have you seen a UFO? I wouldn't trust John Keel. <laughs> it yeah, sounds def- like an AI is putting together a Christopher Walken simulation. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely unhinged AI. Yeah. So someone finally threw the little shit out because the last thing you want at a party is a fay that's already been drinking. And, and he's probably really like, you know, 
harshing on people like trying to make out. Yeah. Forget the collapse like, of the bridge. Two, two people start, you know, trying to make out. Do you know John Keel, sir? Could you stop <laughs> trying like, to eat that woman? While while he's like, yeah, shoving the microphone between their faces. Yes. Dude, dude just wanted to show off as Mr. Microphone. What's the harm in that? Hey, good looking. I'll be back to talk to you about UFOs later. I remember when I was like eight and had one of those. Be like, you know, sure. I just want y'all to know that Google started looking up exactly what I said just now for some reason on my phone. So that's great. Now, the funny thing is, this was the last time I have a report about uh, Jack Brown, but it's not the first appearance of Hmm. Jack Brown. Now, Brown showed up one other time prior to all this, and it was the summer of 67, which sounds like a song. (laughs) Uh, 69. And for some reason, the twisted little shit showed up at the legendary Max's Kansas City. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Now, for those of you that don't know, Mike, you've ever heard of Max? Okay. It was a bar slash uh, club slash restaurant slash band venue that gave CBGBs a run for its money. It was also located in New York, you know, where John Keel lived. And then then the funny thing uh, that I heard was that Jack Brown and the Men in Black did a legendary set for Iggy and the Stooges at Max's Kansas City in 69, so this is interesting. Yeah, Yeah. but they were, like, blasted out of their mind on (laughs) LSD. I thought that was uh, his brother, the bad, bad Leroy Brown. Oh. (laughs) Nice. Well, seriously, though, Max's Kansas City was, like, the big rival for CBGBs. Yeah, yeah. And, Mike, you know what CBGBs is, right? I mean, I've heard of it. It's, like, the big place where everybody who was anybody played in New York. It was a club. Oh, so it's, like, the the East Coast version of Whiskey-A-Go-Go? It's like a less reputable version, reputable version of the House of Blues. Yeah, it, it yeah. was like the big, but yeah, it's the big like the New York punk go-go. scene would gravitate mm-hmm. around uh, Max's Kansas City and CBGBs, and yeah, yeah, like the the Ramones, mm-hmm. uh, Iggy, yeah, like David said, Iggy Pop and the Stooges were at Max's, mm-hmm. so because they got thrown out of CBGBs. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it's. 67, it's Max's Kansas City, one of the hippest places in town, and in walks Jack Brown. He sat at a table until a waitress walked up. I need something to eat. And the waitress gives him a menu, which he pretends to read, holding it upside down, gave up, and just looked at her with a pleading look on her face and on his face and said, Food! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. The waitress <laughs> brings him a steak, and after sitting there, trying hundreds of useless combinations of fork on meat with knife, the waitress finally came over and showed him how to cut the meat out of pity. After that, the little maniac sat there confusedly sawing at his meat and finally eating it in a joyous panic that I personally (laughs) hope to experience one day. I just want the mania of just finally learning how to eat a steak. Now, you'll notice that a lot of this story centers, of course, on John Keel and how the entire story seems to revolve around his relationship to the bazaar. And honestly, that's just John in a nutshell. 
Once he became involved in researching something, it became a personal battle of wills between him and the ultra-terrestrials. Now, 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 how is it that the ultra-terrestrials can fold the laws of time and space but can't have a, you know, figure out how to cut a fucking steak? <laughs> they, don't, they don't need food until they get here. He, yeah, I heard him plead for food. You went, food? Food? You think they'll do their research? I mean, come on. I'm going if I'm going to freaking Japan or something. I'm gonna like at least learn how to like, you know, I've got ask a theory. for the bathroom. I got a theory about this that like you know they have like incredibly clear thought and are super brilliant when they uh, when they're in their home dimension, you know, in the super spectrum. But once they get down here into meat space, it's like they're limited by the processing power of the hardware. They're and on they some suddenly sort of spectrum. Stupid. Oh, they're on a spectrum, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying, but then that means that they're like. I know I need food. How to make food? How am food happen? <clears throat> uh, does that doesn't make much sense though? Because, I it's yeah because they're operating at a, a level lower than you know human functionality. Right. So, Wither Mothman. Without Mothman. What happened after Christmas of 1967? Well, the flap ended. The men in black went back to whatever the hell place they came from. And John Keel became disenfranchised with the idea of UFOs being aliens. Mm -hmm. It was around the time the superstructure really kicked in for him. And what happened to the Mothman? Well, other than some sightings that were probably cranes, nothing much has been heard of him. Uh, reports of the Russian Mothman at Chernobyl that we discussed in the very first episode turned out to be false. Aww. They were written by a writer at Mysterious Universe that was misinformed and has publicly admitted to such. Now, I expected more of the journalistic standards of MysteriousUniverse.com. I certainly did not. <laughs> Um, the closest thing we have to a Mothman sighting was from Chicago in 2017 around O'Hare Airport. But the media cycle being what it is keeps dredging it up from a few uh, to put a new dateline on it so we don't have to put our phones down and talk to each other. <coughs> the spate of sightings stopped at around three between uh, 2017 and 2019. So I'm afraid the actual physical Mothman may have died from COVID. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. So, so <laughs> the 2017 thing, was that that like flying humanoid shape? Uh, that was that, that was in uh, California, actually. Oh. This is this is different. It was it was several baggage tossers oh. at uh, O'Hare. They had their asses eaten. Yep, Just yep. I'm not going to keep shame. Yep. <laughs> they saw the Mothman and killed Dios mio! Uh, <laughs> oh, you're on a... <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. But, you know, something magical has happened since then. There never really was much to the Mothman to begin with in his own story. And he's been sitting there in the back of the collective subconscious, like some kind of a mug someone bought you for Christmas, waiting for you to put coffee in it. And boys, the coffee has arrived. Can, can it be cocoa instead? Sure, or cocoa. There we the go. beverages have arrived. First, 
The Mothman Festival in Point Pleasant is a great celebration of all things weird held the third week of September every year with pancake eating contests, musical performances, and a Mothman museum. And I am still happy as a pig in shit over <clears throat> the offerings of beans to the giant metal statue with the killer ass. <laughs> Mike, you've what? seen pictures of the Mothman statue, you, right? You've shown me, but... Oh. Still don't get the beans. I don't know. Somebody left a can of beans there. They, somebody like I, there was just a can of beans there, and everybody was like, "Beans well, for the moth god." I, 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 the same thing happened on my college campus. There was a like yeah. roach in the hallway that was just like it was the corpse of a roach, right? Yeah. So someone left a roach clip there next to it, <laughs> and over the course of the day, as I would pass through the stairwell, I would see people putting little things at the altar to this dead roach, Mike. It's like I was gonna, the FedEx guy. I was going to say uh, Dragon Con John, a.k.a. Yes. the FedEx guy. Yeah, it's so, just like that. Uh, <laughs> one year at Dragon Con, there was a, uh, uh, it's in, you know, it's held in hotels, and hotels have things other than, you know, the hotel. Other and than nerd of, shit. Yeah, one of them had a, a FedEx thing, because it's downtown in the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, there's businesses that need shit shipped, so. But yep. they had a standee outside of their... Actually, not even outside. It was in like the just breeze. the hallway. Well, it was yeah. in the, one of the the cross the, the walkways because some of the hotels are connected with a the sky, sky bridge. So they had you know a standee there that was saying, "Hey, the FedEx is you know over this way." It's just a picture of a dude holding a package, but said, "See the FedEx in you know whatever hotel level it was," and so you know it's it just stayed there for you know a couple of days then. The first thing that happened, someone put googly eyes over his normal eyes. <laughs> and then it just snowballed from there. It became a it, cult. There was like lay, someone put a lay on him. And then, you know, someone started leaving. You know, what people basically, when, they, when they'd pass by, whatever random shit they have, they like stick a sticker on them or put mm -hmm. something at the base. And it became a shrine mm -hmm. to it's the point that when... The FedEx workers, I guess, finally saw what was happening. They, I think, I don't remember if they took him away or maybe someone else stole him, but he disappeared. Aww. And everybody was very sad that FedEx John had disappeared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he reappeared as if some deity. <laughs> like the second coming of Jesus. Yeah, and it was just so bizarre how, you know, seeing over the course of like five days how this just evolved. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was in my, like, path. I would see it several times a day. Mm -hmm. So I could see the evolution. And there are still offerings being made to Dragon Con John every year. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. and so the next year, Someone had one, either they had one recreated or found one somewhere and put up a new Dragon Con John. And it's just, it's just, so, yeah. It'd be a cosplay. It, last year start. was my, was my, you see, that's what I said about the Mothman thing because last year was my first year. I put a Supernatural Selection sticker on it. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, I, I have made my offering, but Mike, you ask about the beans. That's what happened. Yeah. Somebody left some beans I mean, and it became a cult. I mean, someone probably just had a can of beans. They set it down and forgot it was there. Uh, and suddenly they, everybody started bringing beans. And then, and then he like, you know, half an hour later was sad because he's hungry and doesn't know where he left his beans. You're, you're, you're getting bogged down in the beans. Probably, probably a, the a bean train hopping hobo. A train hopping hobo. <laughs> so, from the statue with the killer ass, 
the LGBTQ plus community has adopted our adorable little night terror as a symbol of pride. He's used to celebrate and normalize kinks, alternative sexual relationships, and general freedom to be oneself. Like like partner swapping in a uh, in a sixty five Buick at the TNT plant <laughs> at the dynamite factory. Yeah. And there's also, as I said, those great bumper stickers that say, Mothman ate my entire ass at a Denny's. And we have gotten no comment yet from Denny's about this. Uh, again, oh, I was going to say Big Babadook vibes from the Mothman, and I'm loving it. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I, I feel like the Mothman is a great example of how, how something dark and scary can be repurposed. I don't know about Babadook. Mm-hmm. I'm getting more Badonkadonk. <laughs> the Badonkadonk. There was, because um, I watched The Last Drive-In and they showed the Babadook. And I, I remember I tooted at one point something, at, get it, uh, tooted um, the Badonkadonkaduke. <laughs> and, and that was very popular. It was very fun. Yes. I was very proud of myself for that now, one. The thing is, I don't know that repurpose is the right word. I made a mistake. Yeah. Rescued yeah. from the forces of darkness and made into something wonderful. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds better. Something that celebrates the strange and the different in everyone. And eating ass. <laughs> Look, I, Kevin, I think people just like find sexiness and like stuff like that. Because I've sure. seen Rule 34 of SCP stuff. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, so... I think it's not a far stretch to say that if there, if anything exists, someone has sexualized. Oh, have you seen uh, oh, the no. super sexualized Mothman where he's tied up in red ribbon, uh, like in in the Japanese bondage rope play thing? <laughs> Jesus he's, Christ! He's like blushing. It's his, the safe word is lamp. No. Now now see, in the English class I teach, uh, one of them, uh, we do a theme of monstrosity. And we do Mm -hmm. do talk about, like, you know, I I don't phrase it like this, but monster fuckers exist. Um, Yes. Yeah. So, again, there's there's some underlying principles to that. There's this idea of, you know, simultaneous attraction and revulsion to the monster. The monster is freeing in a lot of ways. It's a way to articulate things about society. yeah. That's why everybody got horny with uh, Ron Perlman in the Beauty and the Beast TV show. Oh, wait, come again? You get horny? No, people. Oh, why oh, people okay. get horny? I, I heard that as every... you. I heard you say explicitly, no. I get horny at Ron Perlman. <laughs> no, you wanted to hear me say me. Every, Kevin, every version of the Beast has its, like... Yeah, people be weird. No, no, it's, it's the, the meme fine. with the, the meme with the Disney Beauty and the Beast the animated one. Like everybody preferred him when he was the monster. When he turns yeah. into the actual human prince, like no, no, change back, please. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, first off, before I go into this last bit that's not in the outline, uh, the TNT. What 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 does nitroglycerin do to a man? So it's frequently, even still to this day, used. Uh, for heart conditions. Yes, yes it is. I always make um, jokes it, when something scares me. Somebody put a nitro pill under my tongue. Yeah, it uh it I I'm not exactly sure the uh the biological effects it has. I don't know if it like does it make you quicken, see Mothman? Does it quicken the heart or slow the heart? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it just makes it pump stronger or something, but Well, I'm going to go ahead and break this out because you can believe it whether you want to or not, and it doesn't change the fact that the Mothman festival goes on. I was told the truth of the Mothman, gentlemen. Mm. Breaking news. So, 
I'm going to tell y'all this the best I can remember it from the dude that told me who was from Point Pleasant and knew the perpetrator who shall go nameless. Oh. So, 66, these four driving around looking for the bone zone had dropped acid. (laughs) And one of the local high schoolers knew they were going to do this. Now the point pleasant high school there, uh, I think their, their mascot was like a knight or something. And at pep rallies, they would have, uh, like the knight come out and like slay, the mascot of the opposing team. So they had like all these shitty costumes for opposing mascots. Hmm. One of the mascots was a gorilla that they had attached bike reflectors over the eyes. Hmm. And this person who was a known prankster knew that they were going to be out there in the woods uh, near the TNT plant looking for a place to fuck on acid, which just sounds like a nightmare to me. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's like, oh no, I'm falling into your vagina. Help me. (laughs) But I just, anyway, so dude decides to go out there and he puts on this gorilla suit with bike reflector eyes and a Dracula cape. (laughs) So when they're driving down the road, this Jackass jumps out in the middle of the road and is like, wah, with his Dracula cape. (laughs) And the eyes are reflecting in the headlights. And it scares the shit out of him. (laughs) And I guess they thought he was chasing him the whole way back to town. He's just sitting on the front of a bike of his friend and his friend's pedaling as fast as he can. (laughs) So, And the other sightings... After that happened and it hit the news, he started, you know, making a couple of other appearances of as a monster to try to build a legend. <laughs> you, and look, build you're, you're a legend a, he did. You're a fucking teenager. You do some stupid shit like that. All of a sudden it's making the news. Of course you're mm-hmm. fucking doing it again. Uh, yeah. Especially if you're in Point Pleasant. With and there's nothing po- going on. Point Pleasant population, you know, 450. Yeah, yeah you no- got nothing. It was a Thursday, by the way. So there's nothing to do. Honestly, watch night? Like- <laughs> no, no, it, it's funny. You, when you start telling the story, you mentioned the high school. I'm like, oh shit, was the high school next to the dynamite factory? Is this fucking Tromaville? What's going on? <laughs> no, here? it's not Tromaville. Nobody got no, no. He didn't fall out of a uh, tub of, of uh, radioactive goo and start mutating. And somebody go, he's faking it, which is possibly the greatest moment moment in cinema history. But so, so me being me, I decided to look up the Point Pleasant High School, which is a combined junior and senior high school. Oh, sure. like Stranger Things. And and it is its mascot is, in fact, a knight. I told you. I mean, I had to look oh, up. Yeah. I like, no, I totally understand. I'm glad you did because it just adds that much more credence. So we yeah. have but, a dark knight and we have a killer moth. This sounds like a Batman fanfic. It really yeah. does. But you know what's great about that? Having said that out loud after uh, sitting on this for two years, nothing's changed. Mm. And you don't have to believe it. 
and the Mothman still eats ass at Denny's every Thursday night. Damn straight, motherfucker. You the know, Mothman I, is still out there. You know, I am thankful for the Mothman. Went to a convention the other day, wanted to get Holly something. I got her a Mothman sticker and a Mothman pin. I got Kit a Mothman plush at Dragon Con last year. Ladies love the Mothman because he, he eats, eats ass. ass. <laughs> I mean, some, some some dudes like like receiving that as well yeah sure no oh, hell I have yeah. nothing against it man if you're down for that go for it i mean i'm not doing it but you know go for it uh again i i'm i don't think that the truth should get in the way of a good story in this case and it gave us mothman mm-hmm. in the end it doesn't matter in the there end eating no, ass <laughs> yeah in the end there's ass <laughs> But the point is, there was no real connection between the Mothman and the uh, the Silver's Bridge, co- the Silver Bridge collapse. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were no prophecies. Some people said they had dreams uh, about the Mothman, and like oh, I saw a river. It's like mm-hmm. okay, you live well, near a river. That's also an after the after the collapse happened. You went around asking people if they had a dream about the bridge collapsing. Mm-hmm. Of course, someone's going to say yes, and, yeah. and also. You know, when he said a year and a month to the day, it's like, uh, that's, it's real arbitrary. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of like might as well just say and some time afterwards to the day. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it the thing is, it was to the day. It was a 15th. Yeah, but still. But it was a year and a month. That's that's just, you know, wanting to put significance on things that are you are you are you shitting on my writing? No, Mike? no, I'm. Not saying you. I'm just saying. Do you yeah. want to run this podcast? Mike? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. I'm just saying these things. You know, are not connected in any way. I know, and I completely agree. Stop fighting, Dad. Con- and Dad. <laughs> My two dads. My two dads. So, but yeah, we've got the Mothman now because of all this, and uh, you know, great. The world is a better place because there's a Mothman. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I legitimately think so. There's a there's a fucking silver dollar pancake eating contest because somebody saw a gorilla suit. And 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 there are a lot more uh, eaten asses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, All you that's can true. eat some pancakes. Man, how many hookups have happened because somebody saw that bumper sticker? That's the question. Dude, I bet you people get freaky at the Mothman Festival. Oh my god, they Man, there is so much bone in there, I bet. At the TNT factory. At the, man, how many people... Actually, they've got it set up where you can't go out there now. I'm sure there's, like, other secluded It's spots. Point Pleasant. I'm, I'm I'm about 90% sure it's nothing but secluded spots now. Pale people boning on the Mothman statue. God, I'm, boning I don't, the Mothman that statue. That is right in the middle of town. Well, yeah, you know, they're they're getting freaky. Okay, yeah, and then, you know... Sheriff Andy Taylor comes out and Barney comes out with his one bullet. Now we got to nip this in the bud. <laughs> so in thank the butt. you in the butt. More like modern Barney just taking a TikTok videos of it. Oh, God, I'm going to jerk it to this later, Andy. Don Knotts would have killed it on TikTok. I loved Don Knotts. Have you, you've heard uh Dana Gould's impression of him, right? Like when they have, uh, in the newer Scooby-Doo stuff, they will have, like, a Don Knotts character uh-huh. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, because Don Knotts was always showing up on the old Scooby-Doo mystery movies. Mm-hmm. So they'll have a character that looks like Don Knotts, and they will get Dana Gould to voice him. Oh, yeah. 
And he did this great routine talking about Don Knotts sucking at being a peeping Tom. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to look that so, one up. Ring, ring. I'm looking at you through the bedroom window. Is this Don Knotts? <laughs> oh! you know, and uh, he said he did that routine one night and he found out Don Knotts' daughter was in the fucking audience <laughs> and she loved it. <laughs> So I just I, I love that. I'm glad somehow we managed to end this on Don Knotts. So, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. We've I'm so glad you stuck around for the last two years and we're looking forward to what we got coming in year three. Uh Mike, David, I would not have continued to do this without you guys, and I cannot thank you enough for coming along on this journey oh. through bizarre shit. Kevin, you would have continued to do it. You know, under a bridge overpass with, you know, a... My, uh, <laughs> you you would have been Jack spell. Brown at the party with your broken tape deck. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the Mothman? Have you ever had someone eat your ass? <laughs> so, thank you again for listening. Um, David, have you got any plugs? Um... At the moment, just go ahead and uh, keep an eye on uh, CosmicDash.com. I've not been able to update for these past couple weeks, but I will start updating again soon. Again, a lot going on, but very excited to get back in the comic stuff. So Awesome. Uh, is there going to be ass-eating in the upcoming stories? Uh, that's for patrons only. Okay, <laughs> good to know. All right, Mike. If you, you want to any... see us eat ass on Patreon, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> oh, okay, but, okay. You know, we'll talk about ass eating. <laughs> I mean, more maybe, on maybe some, maybe some like you know, pig ass. Yep. Like some. You, know, <laughs> you can barbecue. go to Patreon. and uh, ask that we talk about eating ass more. Or less. <laughs> or less. We can I stop mean, it. Yeah, kink shame us, I guess. You know, if you're going to be that guy. You can be that guy. <laughs> but, Mike, have you got anything you want to plug? Any, any neat uh, shout-outs, any YouTube channels you want to plug? Hey, how about that one you showed me the video from about Crowley? Oh, uh, Aton Shea Films. Um, he's a pretty cool guy. He, uh, he lives he's in, in New, New Orleans. Orleans yeah. Well, he lives in New Orleans, but he's from Massachusetts, actually. That's a hell of a drive. So he does a lot of videos about... Uh, like the, you know, Civil War and things of that era, the the colonization and of New Orleans. So he's pretty cool. I like watching his stuff. He does a really good series that his most popular thing is, uh, oh, uh, what's the name of that? Uh, the... Suck It Lincolnites. Wait, what was that one he, no, what's that one he does where he dresses up like the... Oh, uh, the, the Witchfinder General. Witchfinder General. He, yeah, he he does a series of videos where he answers yeah. questions as the Witchfinder General. That's great. He's, he's like a, a, some kind of drama major or something. So he does, like, he, when he does it, he does the actual, like, pronunciation how someone from that era would talk oh hell it's yeah not, really you know, fun not not hollywood's just a you know slight british accent oh kind of like how they did the witch i didn't see that oh anyway. oh, oh but yeah you know, you know how they yeah yeah but yeah he also has done some of uh, like uh deconstruction of you know movies about like uh what's that really big one about the south uh the blue and the gray no the other one what gone with the wind no, there's some Civil War movie that's held in high regard, and he just, like, tears it a new one. Gettysburg? Maybe. I mean, he's done several know. of them. So. But, yeah, uh, Etonche, it's yeah. very it's spelled very weird, but if you look for his witch... 
Etienne Shea. And you can also find him by looking up his Witchfinder General stuff. Yeah. But, but like I said, the, the Checkmate Lincolnites is great because he plays both Johnny Reb and a uh, Union soldier. And they're just like, you know, back and forthing it. And he's reading like YouTube comments and other things about, you know, people that are saying, well, you're wrong for this reason. And, you know, he's just shoot, you know, slapping him down like, no, not a dog. <laughs> you know, this is it's, why it was about slavery. But he did he did do a really interesting video Mike showed me, David, uh, about Aleister Crowley in New Orleans. Oh, oh dude. Yeah. yeah. Crowley like at, in New Orleans. It's like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, yeah, during very, very really, sweaty, baby, well, bald man in a candy store. Crowley in New Orleans during Prohibition. Oh, Jesus Christ. Drinking absinthe. Drinking absinthe. Basically, uh, I'm going to boil it down to uh, get real drunk, wrote shitty poetry. You can, yes. you can trace him by the smell. <laughs> Smells like baby powder, absinthe, and just calm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, our Crowley uh, episodes yeah. are gonna be fun. Oh, when we get to those, it's gonna it's gonna be a treat. So, thank you for that, Mike. Yes. And uh, you can find me here and on the distraction hall with Mike and David, which you'll find that at the beginning of next week. You won't find me there, though. You won't catch me dead there. I'll be <laughs> alive there. Yes. Yes. So, again, thank you for listening. We will see you next time for Weekend Weird. So, until then, everybody stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Night, night. Can you imagine Crowley and the Mothman? Oh, God. I wouldn't wish it on the the Mothman. Man. So, so the Mothman eats ass. It's harder. You call that analingus? The Mothman eats ass, so he's kind of a bottom. And Crowley was like the powerest. Crowley was a bottom. Crowley, that's what I was going to say. Crowley's the powerest of bottoms. So they're just like canceling each other out. He just sucks the Mothman up into his ass. And that's the last. They they would need like a really strong top that would, you know, plow Crowley while the Mothman eats his ass. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'm going to say that is uh, John Travolta. <coughs> I don't know. He's so embarrassed about it. He 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 just Oh, my God. What are you talking about? I totally go for that. That is terrible. All right. Oh God, I can't believe I did that voice. <laughs> Shit. <laughs>